Welcome to the Doghouse. I'm Diana. And I'm David. It's Riverdale Season 4, Episode 18, Chapter 75, Lynchian. Jughead and Charles follow a new lead after the contents of the latest videotape takes a sinister turn. Cheryl and Veronica's maple rum business faces a new threat. Archie and Betty contemplate their next steps. Well, they didn't get 100% as weird as I might have liked. Fair. They paid homage. They paid good homage. I'm a TV fucking genius. Oh my God. Like down to exact things that I have said. Exact lines were uttered. Yeah, I'm a genius. <laughs> um, yeah, the Lynchian thing, I'm totally fine with, with the exception of Jughead's opening monologue. It's the only place where I was like, no, just no. So we start this episode with the Riverdale sign that's been kind of like, not graffiti, but it's weathered. And he talks about Lynchian is something that pays homage to something of the films of David Lynch or something that is incredibly macabre and incredibly mundane, which I like that. That's very true. I like saying that, but I just didn't like the call out to David Lynch because they've been playing that game since season one. And it's just weird. And it's kind of like, that's too much. It's too it's it's just too broad, and they've never otherwise referenced it. Yeah, really, it's just you don't need to say the name out loud. No. Let the references... Man, they are so bad about letting the references be the references. Yeah. Just let it lie, because it's there. Well, because this is one of the first times they let the references be a lot closer to the real thing. Yeah. And they played into it, and it worked really well for what they were going for, and we've been talking about the Twin Peaks angle, with especially with Machen Amick being a cast member since season one. And that's great. Works very well for the show. And you either had to go completely in and make it all about David Lynch or you can't utter his name. So that was a mistake. And so that's the only place where I was like, no, thank you. So we have that. And we get to we're at the Not Cooper house and we're now watching the new tape with the recreation of what happened to Jughead in the forest and Jellybean comes in and like, no, Jellybean, you can't watch this. This is NC-17 stuff, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. She's like, fine. And she leaves and everyone's horrified. And Jughead's like, I've got to, I've got to investigate this. And Betty's like, hard pass. Yeah. Not, I'm not getting involved in a new mystery. I'm done. Which fair. Which I appreciate. I kind of like that. She's like, this one's too close. I'm not interested in this. I'm not doing it. There's a ton of bullshit going on in her life. Like, why would she want to keep going that direction? Mm -hmm. And then Charles is like, I could definitely use your help, little brother. Which it feels really weird for Charles to refer to Jughead as little brother. Charles is really eager to have Jughead along for this. Well, to be fair, from what we've seen in the show, he's spent a lot of time with Betty. He knows Betty pretty well now. And Alice, he doesn't know Jughead very well. Yeah. So this is an opportunity for them to bond. Mm -hmm. Over murder. Murder. And creepy videos. Because, you know, what he bonds with Betty over is so great. <laughs> and we go over to the Pembroke and Hiram comes in being extra annoying because he is now going to be supplying the rum for the entire Grande family's casino business. Veronica's like, ew, they're scum. Hiram is just like, well, I beat you to a uh, uh, market, market share, to which you can tell Veronica's like, yeah, you did. 
Like, this is definitely a missed opportunity for Veronica. But then she says, I'm going to go with the college crowd with a, a new lower price point drink called Maple Claw, which I fucking love. I would drink a Maple Claw. Well, I love. But then again, let's sell to minors. Yeah. I mean. Okay, college crowd doesn't necessarily equal minors. It's the lower price point. I get it. Uh, it just still feels like. Why but are also, you doing this? She's a fucking minor as well. Yes. That's a whole other thing. This show is so dumb. Also, but the joke is fun. The joke is good. I'm here. I'm okay with it. We go to Riverdale High and things and Kevin are like cashing each other out and Reggie comes in and they instantly put their money away. They're like, hey guys, <laughs> I know you guys got something really cool going on. I want in. And things and Kevin are just like, Mm-mm. are you dealing again? No. Are you dealing? No, that's why I'm broke. <laughs> Reggie was peak Reggie this episode. Reggie was amazing this episode, and I love Charles Melton for it. So Reggie's just very much like, I want in. I want to know what you got going on. So Kevin just looks at Fangs, looks at Reggie, and very plainly tells him, we make tickling videos on the internet. Like, just very plainly tells him exactly what's happening. And Reggie's like, that's weird, boys. But could Terry use a guy like me? <laughs> Which Reggie is very, like, insecure about, like, well, would I be right for this type of thing? <laughs> and I love the smirk between Kevin and Fangs. They're like, yeah. Mm -hmm. If this were in the comics, it would be fucking hilarious. It's, it's so, like, I hate the storyline and the continuing of the tickling videos, but I love the hijinks nature of these three. That is adorable. That's weird as hell, guys. That's weird as hell, guys. <laughs> I love it. I'm coming over to Archie, who's playing a song sadly in his room. He's flashed into kissing Betty. And then he looks at his Navy application. And then he looks out the window. And then we cut on over to Betty in her room. And she's reading from her diary. We see this little flash of little Betty and little Archie are playing window games. And this is the most David Lynch moment in the entire episode. Very much so. Uh, and... Basically, she's she's recounting when she met Archie. I met a boy named Archie, and he's the cutest. And he has a dog named Vegas who's super cute, but not as cute as Archie. It's precious. Aww. And then Alice comes in, and she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm reading, uh, I'm reading my diary. Oh, fifth grade, that's a juicy one. <laughs> Which I love the call to <laughs> Alice totally reading her diary. Jesus. And, you know, Alice is being all sap. He's like, you got your whole life ahead of you. And Betty is flashing back to kissing Archie, and she's all sad. And don't cry, Mom, because if you cry, then I'll cry. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> what could you regret? Oh, I don't know, Mom. A lot. All kinds of things. Come over to the Maple Club. Veronica is handing off the booze to the college crowd. The frat boys are kind of being grody. Cheryl is super annoyed at them and also rude back to them. So they leave. And then the cast of Small Things enters and Jinx Malloy of the Malloy family comes in to tell them that they're stomping on their, their business with their maple rum and they should know that they run a maple moonshine business. And this has Penelope written all the fuck over. There's, there is no universe in which... Penelope Blossom does not have something to do with the arrival of a Maple Moonshine gang. I mean, yes, and mm -hmm. they also could never have thought about that in their lives. 
and have to piece it together in like season five. I totally believe that the girls did not know about them. Totally fair. I totally believe that. There's no fucking way Penelope fucking Blossom did not know nor help orchestrate to get out of this situation the Malloys. Yeah, well. She either called them up or she called Hiram to get them to come over. She is, she's got her finger in that because it's Penelope fucking Blossom. As long as she's alive, she's causing trouble. I sincerely don't think Hiram knows either. Mm, uh, he's, he's in on something. We'll talk about it more when we get to it. They tell Veronica to pull her product. Veronica is super sassy about it and says she's not going to back down from a fight. They go. Cheryl's super worried. And Veronica's just convinced this is all her dad. And Cheryl looks at her mom, who is in her creepy mask, and she's very worried. Cheryl is in the right this entire scene. Yeah. She shuts those dudes down. Being rude to the college boys who are paying her for her liquor, she's not in the right for. About propositioning them for sex? I think I'm okay with that. No, she was rude before that. Oh, fair. But, you know, (laughs) I canceled my subscription to Truckers Weekly. Yeah, that's that's just... Peak Cheryl. Yeah. But I do love that she's like, hey, Veronica, what the fuck? Yeah. What are you doing? Uh, We're going over to the FBI office, and they need to look at the footage of who's been dropping off the videos. Charles says, you know, there's a lot, and Jack is like, you got popcorn? So they're going through it. They're going through it. Jughead recognizes someone. Charles is like, who is it? And he's, oh, let me investigate on my own. And Charles is like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Charles, you're in the FBI. Here's the thing. We know Charles has been bugging Betty. He's bugging Jughead, too. <laughs> That's just a fact. Like, it's just a fact. We come over to the bunker. And Betty and Archie are laying down on the, the sex cot. And there's candles all lit. And... They're just kind of staring off in space and they're both just kind of like, why are we here? And, you know, Betty's just like, I love Jughead. Archie says, I love Veronica. But Archie's like, but this is nice, right? And then they hold hands. Riverdale. That scene is such my shit. Yeah. That That's so David Lynch. Very David Lynch. And I'm I'm fine with it. And I I just like that it's like, this is like, there's something going on here. There's something going on here. And I will say this. I like everything they did with Betty and Archie in this this episode. Oh, yeah. Because, yes, people who've been dying for for Barchi to happen feel like, no, you, you shat on it. It's like, no, you really didn't. You really did some really mature things. And we'll get to it more when we get to the scene. But I was like, no, you really honored something that actually does happen between people. And you handled it appropriately. <laughs> and you also allowed Cheryl to give you some good advice, which I'm loath to give her a, a point. Uh, we have to give gold stars to Cheryl this episode. Not really. Only half of one. No. <laughs> so Archie goes and visits his dad's grave and he's in his letterman jacket. Now I haven't been doing a great job this season of tracking, you know, ponytails and, and all of that because we've been all over the fucking place. But the Letterman jacket is, this is a strong return. Oh, yeah. I've always said that that's like his security blanket. That's when he needs to feel like himself. He needs to feel strong and like beefed up a little bit. And this is when he's seen, he needs to go talk to his dad. And it's just, this is heartbreaking. He's like, dad, I just really miss you. And I, I need your advice. And you just tell me to follow my heart. But honestly, I don't know what, which way it's pointing. Sweet. Oh, man. The other fact, too, that he has basically been half checked out of school for so long. Yeah. And wearing that jacket 
in contemplating, mm-hmm. am I going to get serious about this again? Yeah. Well, also, is he going to graduate? Yeah. Well, and I also, here's another thing that I'm going to say. Archie has matured just enough to know, I don't know. Yeah. He knows enough to know that he doesn't know. That's great. That's growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go back to school and Ethel exists. <laughs> just exists out of nowhere. I fucking hate how this show does this. Episode fucking 19 and Shannon Purser returns. Please run away and don't come back. Please. <laughs> You're better than that. You are better than this. Ethel exists and Jughead's there. and It's like this weird flirting. And he asks her about the videotape because that's who he saw drop off a tape. I saw you drop one off. And she's like, yeah, just like I was supposed to. It was just it was just a videotape of my house. Nothing strange. And he says, "Okay, well, I've gotten a strange one. And you're the only person who has a connection to me and Betty who's dropped a tape off. She's like, yeah, okay, well, nothing strange. Never fucking trust Ethel. (laughs) Never fucking trust Ethel. We go back to Betty. She's in the doghouse. Hey! And she is reading the story about Archie proposing, which we have heard from Archie. Archie told us the story season one. Uh Uh-huh. It's very precious. And then Kevin pops up and he's like, what are you doing? She goes, oh, I'm just... Simpler times. <laughs> like, even Kevin knows. He's like, yeah, this this life sucks. <laughs> I have to assume Kevin also knows about the diaries. Oh, there's no way Kevin hasn't read part of her diaries. Or Betty has read them to him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we get over the PA, Betty Cooper to the principal's office. Betty Cooper to the principal's office. And Betty is just like, oh, what have I done now? And Kevin says, I really hate him. <laughs> so we go to the office and Principal Honey hands her a photo. She's like, what is this for? You're the editor-in-chief of the yearbook, right? She's like, oh, yeah. In between being attacked by the Black Hood at junior prom and being chased down by the Gargoyle King and the farm rapture, I volunteered to be in charge of the yearbook. And Honey's like, wonderful TikTok. (laughs) This is the first time where I've been, what a fucking asshole. I loved it. (laughs) Like, he's just like, "I'm, I'm immune to your drama. I don't give a fuck. And also- Hey, writer. Hi. That was you. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I enjoy it. We go back to the FBI office and Jughead has shown up to talk to Charles. And he's like, hey, I have a hunch. Maybe our voyeur isn't just a voyeur. Maybe they're a film snob. Hey, I'm a TV fucking genius. (laughs) Uh, And Charles is like, okay, yeah. It's like, maybe this is an elevation. We know like they're really, yeah. Like, let's go check out the movie places like the Blue Velvet Video and Paramecium Records. Ha. Yeah. Fun times. Yeah. Those are, those are great uh, calls. Uh, We head on over to the five seasons and we see Terry paying the boys after a video session. He's being very complimentary to Reggie. He's like, you have a very nice deep laugh. Ew. Which is very creepy. Yep. And so like, Reggie's just kind of like, oh, okay, this is a lot of money. And you can see the wheels are turning. And so then we cut directly to Pops. And Reggie is now like, all right, y'all, we got to go out on our own. Or oh, like we throw up our own website, our own people. We throw it behind a paywall. We take in all the money. Fangs is like, I'm into this. And Kevin is just like, no, we can't do that to Terry. It's like, he's a nice guy, but let's do it on our own. Like, this is just standard drug porn ring procedure. <laughs> Like, you want to make it on your own. 
And <laughs> Reggie's like, this is the money that will pay for a community college education. <laughs> Which, <laughs> like, no shitting on community college. It's the shit. I just love that that that's like Reggie's like, this is what we're going to do. This is how I have to do this. Reggie knows his goals, man. Like, this is what I'm going to do. I just I love it. I also think somewhere deep down, Kevin is like, I don't think we should piss off Terry. Yeah. That seems like a bad idea. He's like, this could get really icky really fast. Kevin's dealt with some really shady people. Yeah. So I think he gets shady vibes from Terry. So go over to the Blue Velvet video, which is very, very cool. Definitely had a video store like this in college. (laughs) And the guy running the place is a perfect David Lynch impersonation. And they're they're asking this guy, like, hey, you know, are your are your patrons kind of suspicious? Yeah, they're all suspicious. They all act suspicious. And so like, okay, do you have like a record of who checks out what? And he's like, Yeah, here's the ledger. It's old school. And they open it up and it's just like, who's E Muggs? <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> Ethel. You probably know her. She's a senior at, at Riverdale High. One of my regulars. No duh. <laughs> So we go back to the FBI office and Charles is like, you know, we need to look more into Ethel. Jughead's like, no, like I know like she's rented, you know, Friday the 13th a lot, but like I've seen Eraserhead a lot too. It's not great, but Doesn't like- be the man in the planet. Yeah. It's just, it's so stupid. It's very much the scream too argument, but like Charles is doing his job and it's just like, I'm connecting dots. You are brushing them aside. Shut the fuck up, child. I am an FBI agent. Yeah. So Jughead's just being an idiot. Again, I like this because, like in the last episode, I said that Jughead's actually starting to have to deal with some consequences of what happened with him mentally. This is now one of them. Like, his sleuthing is going to take a hit because he is a victim within the case. Yeah, and he's he's got a hard time reading people because of that. Yes. The other thing I noticed, I was like, why Friday the 13th? We really should have gone for a Lynch movie. And honestly, that would be the best point to drop the Firewalk With Me reference. Mm-hmm. Based on some of the other stuff Ethel talks about in this episode, that's the perfect thing to mention. It would, it would have been good. <sighs> and this is another reason why I didn't like the David Lynch pull is that your target audience probably hasn't seen enough David Lynch to get it. They probably haven't watched Twin Peaks. Your target audience, the people who are are most obsessed with it, the 25 and up crew, they have. Yeah. Like, I've seen the first series of Twin Peaks. We haven't seen the new series. And granted, it's been easily 15, 20 years. But that's okay. But I'm familiar enough with it to know. I know the style. I know it enough to know that I want Kyle MacLachlan in the fucking pops just eating pie and drinking coffee. He doesn't even have to talk. Just show up. Yeah. Just sit in the booth. Anyways. Uh, It's just a missed note, really. We go over to the Pembroke and Veronica is woken up by a phone call from Cheryl telling her to get over to the Maple Club. She gets there and it has been trashed by the Malloys. Shocking, I tell you. Simply shocking. Oh, oh my goodness. And, you know, apparently uh, it's just a miracle that Mumsy wasn't molested because she was hiding in her secret room. (laughs) Like, Cheryl doesn't give a shit about her mom. This is so stupid. And then Veronica just goes, I'm going to murder my father, which I'm just eye rolling over the same bullshit story. She really thinks this was her dad. Like, she really fucking thinks it. I have no doubt in my mind that Hiram had nothing to do with them. 
you know what? I don't give a fuck. I'm over this goddamn story. Fair. I'm over this bullshit with Hiram. The only thing I like about the Hiram story is that we actually see him be a gangster because we've been toying with that for so long. Now we actually see it as an audience. We see him murder somebody. I actually enjoyed seeing that. It's like, okay, great. Yeah, there's no denying. And we see him, no joke, full out manipulating, lying to his daughter. I liked that. But this should have been the first time we had this, not the third, fourth bullshit crap. This is a season and a half too late. Yes. It's the same song over and over again. And now we're going to have to watch Veronica just be like, be like, my dad's turned over a new leaf. And then, oh my God, he didn't. Like, I just don't care. Well, I don't care. The show is a soap opera. Yeah. Uh, we go to the Pembroke. Hiram's having breakfast. Veronica tries to get him to admit that he had something to do with it. Hiram says no. And he's like, but wait, don't don't underestimate the Malloys. They're very dangerous. Let me help you. You can't go up against them. He's he's behaving as though he's terrified against them. And I don't I don't really care if he's ter- if it's real or not. But Veronica, what Veronica says is like, no, no, no. Okay, I believe you that it's not you, but you probably aren't strong enough to go up against them. I'll take care of it. Ooh. So that hurt. Ooh. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Yeah. No, I I buy hook, line, and sinker that he is just from the like, wait, holy shit, those guys threatened you? You're my daughter. Yeah. We get to Archie. He's playing guitar at school. He's writing a song. We see Betty. She's reading a diary. And it's about her and Archie having the best day listening to records. And we see little Betty and little Archie holding hands. And then Archie comes to the blue and gold offering help. And Betty's like, no, you're not here to help me with the yearbook. And he's just like, we got to talk. I can't stop thinking about you. And she's like, okay, let's meet tomorrow. Tomorrow night we'll meet so we can talk about whatever this is and what we want to do about it. Okay. It's a mature thing to do. Thank you, Betty, for being like, can we sleep on it, please? Mm -hmm. We go to the office. Jughead's asking Miss Bell. He's like, hey, you know, I should probably know this, but do we have an AV club? (laughs) Yes, As a senior. Yes, we do. And is Ethel memorable? She's the president. Oh. <laughs> I was like, you're the second person who's asked me that today. And Jack is like, who else is? A very handsome FBI agent who just left with Ethel. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I do love the whole tone of that scene. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, you're too fucking late, you slow, dumb boy. <laughs> We go to Pops. Kevin breaks up with Terry, and he uses the excuse that he's stressed out about his dad finding out, and he just wants to finish school and be done. So, and Terry's like, okay, cool. No hard feelings. If you change your mind, you know how to find me. Terry is shady. Yeah, but But he runs a legit business. Yeah, he's running a legit game. He knows what he's doing. So we cut over to the school, and Reggie's trying to sell the bulldogs on it. And they're all just kind of like, this sounds super weird, dude. Super... (sighs) Super weird and a little homophobic. This like, is this is where I hate this, this is, premise. Like I don't. This is why I don't like the premise. And there's a lot of homophobic coding. The I, think, I don't know who the character's name is. But he's like maybe if it was coed. And Reggie's one like I can probably make that happen. So then we cut over to the doghouse. Hey. hey, and we see Reggie's talking to Tony. Tony's like, no way. I'm not gonna let your bulldogs manhandle my vixens which is also like <laughs> gross and reggie's like you know if you walk away from cold hard cash to which 
Tony can buy that argument. She's like, wait a minute. Maybe if the Vixens get the exclusive rights to tickle the bulldogs so that they're in charge the way it should be. Which, again, it's just uh, like, I hate that coding too. Like, I really hate this bullshit. Why do we have to go all the way that side? This is lovely messaging. It's a whole swirling message of bullshit that didn't need to happen. You're all assholes. The end. Like, all Reggie had to do was be like, boys, look at the amount of money we're talking about here. And you don't ever have to take your clothes off. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it, there's just a lot of coding involved. And teach, like, teach these boys some good masculinity. Like, I don't know, it's just. There, it's bad. There, there was a different way they could have done it to involve both groups and not have it had that coding that is very thinly veiled because we can totally, we, we I can see it from my way. It's lazy. It's very lazy, which is the way this show goes. Yep. Uh, later at the five season, all the groups are together and you, they're going to pull a name out of a football helmet. One guy, one girl. Again, <sighs> head on our bullshit. <laughs> And, you know, those two people get taken to the tickle suite. Blah, 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 blah. Later, we're outside a pub. It's kind of rainy. Some dude is having a smoke. Hiram comes up and is like, Hunter Malloy, and kind of roughs him up and puts a gun to his face. And Hunter's like, okay, okay, I'll never, I'll never hurt your daughter again. And Hiram lets him go. And then as Hiram is walking back to his car, he drops his keys. He bends over to get some, and then Hunter beats the shit out of him. Yep. We go back to the FBI office and Junkhead is mad. He's mad. I told you to leave Ethel alone. Charles was like, I got this tape from Ethel. Take a look at it and see if you still think she's innocent. All right. So like Charles is like, you're a dumb, dumb kid. <laughs> because he is. He's being a dumb, dumb kid right now. He's being a dumb, dumb kid. We go over to the Pembroke and Veronica has gotten home and she sees like bloody handprints on the wall. She finds Hiram has been injured and she gets some ice and she's like, what happened? And Hiram's like, I'm weak. <laughs> I showed weakness. Monica's like, no, daddy, you didn't. That was the best line reading ever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm weak. I'm weak. <laughs> I love you, Mark Consuelos. <laughs> You're very entertaining as Hiram Lodge. Like, he's, he's doing he's, a great job. He, like, he has been the perfect cartoon villain in this show. He was superb casting and him and camilla are fabulous together they truly are they've just given them no good conflict to work with i just i hate it <laughs> it's recycled bullshit yeah are you are y'all gonna actually be enemies or are y'all gonna be frenemies yeah like decide and just go with that uh we go over to the blue and gold and <laughs> betty's uh, reading her diary again and she's like i hate cheryl blossom she kissed archie because they have red hair which makes no sense which if you've been paying attention makes a lot of sense coming from cheryl blossom <laughs> it's a, i think that's pretty funny and then cheryl walks in and she's just she's like i need two pages he's <laughs> like well seniors get one sure and for average humans that would suffice but i Want to pay tribute to JJ. <laughs> Betty's, fine. Betty is so fucking tired of all the bullshit. It's like, fine, I'll give you five pages. I don't fucking care. <laughs> and again, this goes back to where they've totally fucked up the whole thing with Cheryl and JJ's ages and that he wouldn't be in the same grade as them. Whatever. No one gives a fuck anymore. And it's like, okay, she wants something for a reasonable reason, but her means of getting what she wants is to just be a fucking bitch. That's Cheryl. 
Nah. Yeah. I mean, I laughed. It I, was oh, funny. I, I did too. So then she gets the diary and she pulls it. She starts reading it. Oh, it's like, oh, oh I, I didn't know you hated me so much. All because <laughs> I snuck a kiss from Archie. And she goes, oh, I was right about the pretending. I was right, wasn't I, cousin? And Betty's just like, I think a part of me has been in love with Archie for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And Cheryl says, no, you've been in love with the idea of Archie. And like, this is very appropriate advice. I hate that it came from Cheryl because Cheryl's a garbage human. <laughs> and she's just like, you know, no, it's not Archie. It's just the idea, the idea of the perfect boyfriend. But you found Jughead in this town of nightmares. Uh-huh. And that's real. And dare I say endgame? <laughs> and she says it with a like ugh face. Yeah, like she's like she, it sickens her to say that. Um, but she's like, you know, people stray. She's like, the trick is to stop before people get hurt and stop before it starts. And like Betty hears that, and you're like, okay, like this is reasonable advice. God damn it, Cheryl! Fuck you, Cheryl. <laughs> I will not accept a rehabilitation. No, I won't accept a rehab. But you know, even a just pure monster can occasionally have good. I advice. will accept sound relationship advice in a teenage show filled with teenage nightmare relationships. Mm-hmm. So we cut on over to Pops. Kevin is drinking a, a glass of milk and enjoying a hamburger and Terry and his goons show up and they hold him down and they demand 40% or they're going to make sure he never tickles again. And like what made this really great and this felt kind of lynchy to me mm-hmm. was like the it, angles. It was the angles. It was the quietness of the scene. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they focused so much on Kevin's hands. Yes. That was such a perfect, odd detail to focus with to drive the point home of like, hey, bud, this thing that you've been making your livelihood off of for a while now, we'll fucking ruin it. Yep. Oh, but the most Lynchian thing was the next moment. I loved this. This this made me happy because if ever there was a moment for this, this was it. We've got creepy music. We earned this moment. Ethel's at her locker and she's very frustrated and she shuts her locker and there on the other side is Jughead. Hey, Ethel. Got a minute. <laughs> so mad. He's, he's so mad at her and his head is just resting on the lockers. And <laughs> I love, like, you can just see him seething like like the, the pig pen trails are coming off of him. Oh. It's, I loved it. It's so great. This show gets some moments just perfect. Yes. The angst sometimes comes through so well. I would watch this on a loop. It was It was hilarious. So they cut to a classroom and he's like, you had a sex tape of me and my girlfriend that was taken without our consent. Did you get it from Brett? (laughs) That's a fair question. I stood up for you, Ethel. (laughs) Where did you get it? And so, okay. So at the back of the blue velvet, there's the Scarlet Suite that has more tapes. They have sex tapes and snuff tapes. She's like, I didn't know what it was. It was called Ponytail Playmate. I've never been so proud. I mean, like, uh, this writer room fucking blows. That was that was inspired. And I, gold star, gold fucking star from Ponytail Playmate. It's also, and I didn't even think about this till now, it's a Twin Peaks thing. Yes. Like, and not a, a direct one, but mm-hmm. it is relating to teenagers being involved in seedy business ventures. Sure. No, but like that, chef's kiss perfection. I'm <laughs> like... Y'all are garbage, but that was perfect. And so she says that the second she knew what it was, she turned it off and she didn't want anyone else to get it. 
So she didn't return it to the store. I, I'm going to believe that because Ethel is stupid <laughs> and incompetent at the end of the day. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. But I don't, she's not outwardly malicious, at least when she's not under the influence of the harm. No, I mean, this This reads as I look at weird stuff and I like to watch weird videos and I picked this up and I didn't know what it was. And then it was you and Betty and I went, holy fucking shit. And it's like, <laughs> I shouldn't have this. Nobody should have this. What do I do with this? Uh-huh. Which I un- I understand that yeah. would be un- that, that would be weird. Yeah. yeah. I just, I, I bought Ethel's, Ethel's story here. Yeah, I, I agree. So we come over to Kevin in the hallway telling Reggie, hey, we got to shut it down. Reggie's like, no. Uh, <laughs> it's like, like I, I know how to handle Terry. And Kevin's like, okay, you have to give him a taste. And Reggie's like, no, we've already, we've already gone live. Like, we're a hit. We're amazing. I know how to handle Terry. Set a meeting. And so, like, Kevin texts Terry. This is a bad idea, Kevin. This is a bad idea. So then we cut on over to the Blue Velvet. And now the FBI has a warrant and Jughead is with them, apparently, because 18-year-olds get to go on warrant surveys. This is so fucking weird. So they're going into the Scarlet Suite and they're looking through, looking for tapes and whatever. And and it's very Black Lodge. It's totally Black Lodge. And Jughead sees this one tape with a picture on the front. And he's like, this is an actual snuff film. This is a videotape of Clifford Blossom killing his son, Jason. Where did you get this? And so it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like- I saw I saw the picture on the tape the second time around. was like, oh, it is. Yeah. Like the first time I saw the picture, I was like, I know we're supposed to know what that picture is. But I like it was so quick. I didn't recognize it the second time we watched it. I'm like, yeah, sure. Because it's all grainy and like just printed out on a piece of cardboard and then taped to the video, which is great. I love that. <laughs> Fucking so, creepy. It's like, man, that is creepy as shit. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. Cool is the operative word. The one thing that I 100% applaud this show for doing, starting with the end of season three, is calling back all the shit. They are tying some loose ends together. Just making it worth something oh my god making it making all this bullshit worthy of something yeah i will i will hand it to them this season they have managed to pull some stories back to tie them into a larger arc yeah they haven't done that in the Mm -hmm. past couple of seasons so we head on over to the five seasons and reggie is sitting on this couch with his arms around fangs and kevin and he's got his feet out in front of him And he's just like lounging and in walks Terry and his goons. And they're like, oh, so that's what this meeting is. You got my 40%. And Reggie whistles and all the bulldogs come in. He says, you know, if you had asked for 10%, maybe, but you got greedy. So now you get nothing. And if you touch a hair on my boy Kevin's head, you're going to have to answer to me and all these guys. And Terry's just like, you just made a really big mistake. And him and his goons go. Yep. Which okay, I love the super big dick energy that Reggie is putting off here. I adore it. I love that attitude from Reggie. And I love that Reggie is being protective of Kevin. Mm-hmm. Love that. Super love that. Reggie, Reggie fights for his bros. And I love that Kevin is his bro. Yeah. I love that that's his bro. Kevin might disagree. <laughs> totally. <laughs> After the shit Reggie just pulled, but Reggie you know. Reggie has gotten him in a lot of shit this year. Yeah. 
But I get, but it's just one of those things that's like, they have a weird friendship. <laughs> that's their friend. Uh, and like, if I'm in deep shit, Reggie will come. I can call Reggie and he will show up for me. Bless you, you dumb, dumb boy. And and I just, I love, like, we know why Charles Melton hasn't been in this season as much. And I just, I love this use of him. He's great. Yep. Like, I just, I adore him. We go over to the Maple Club and Cheryl tells Veronica she wants out. She's like, I got into this to, for fun. And she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. So effective immediately, I want out. And then this whole bullshit about some families have maples and some families have rum. Whatever. That's stupid. That's why I didn't say any of it. <laughs> so we go over to Riverdale High. And it's the principal honey's office. And Kevin and Fangs and Reggie and Tony have been called in. He's like, and honey just says, I've got a phone call about an online tickling ring. And Kevin? Looks a little nervous at this. And they're all like, Reggie says, was it a guy named Terry who called you? <laughs> and- I love how smart Reggie thinks he is. <laughs> he thinks he's so smart. And Honey's like, it doesn't matter who called me. And Kevin just says, yeah, it was us. And we were wearing clothes. So there's nothing illegal about it. And Honey's like, you're right. And from my understanding is you were wearing school jerseys which means you're in violation of a bunch of copyright laws, which makes you directly under my jurisdiction. So you're going to take it all down right now. To which Tony pops up and says, yes, sir. And then they all just go, uh-huh, okay. And Kevin does this thing where his body goes extremely robotic and he just whirls his head and flings himself out of the room, <laughs> which was very random number generator. So I, I, I loved that, that acting choice that Casey made. Mm-hmm. It was very cute. I have a feeling. I think Kevin called Honey. No. I have a feeling Kevin may have ratted them out because I don't think Kevin was comfortable with how things escalated. So that's one possibility. Yeah. It, w- it would not surprise me if Kevin ratted them out. But based on another scene, mm-hmm. there's there's one very suspicious thing that happens. Uh-huh. And that's that Honey does not give them any kind of punishment. He's been pretty heavy-handed when it comes to suspending people for things. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do anything of the sort. He just says, take it down. Why would he do that? <laughs> Let's explain it when we get to the scene. Yeah, that's that's another part of my thinking here. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Well, because that's the other thing is either Kevin called him or he didn't get a call. You think? Yeah. So we get on over to the bunker and Archie you know, has candles set up. He's got his guitar and he starts singing to Betty and Betty flashes to season one when she was having a hard time keeping her composure with Archie singing after he told her that he didn't love her. And so she stops him and he goes, what? You know, like, do you don't like it? She says, no, it's just we can't do this. Yep. And she's like, everything's changing and you and I feel safe with each other oh my god i fucking said that (laughs) they they said that line and i went what the fuck did they listen to us (laughs) (laughs) she's just like yeah she's like i love jughead and you love veronica and and she's just like you know maybe it's because things are changing in a couple weeks but we have always felt safe with each other and so so whatever this is or it was it's just over uh-huh. I love that. It's not a, I don't love you. It's that I'm not going to throw away this thing I have f- for safety. Yeah. 
And that's what Archie would be doing, which I think Archie, one of the thing is, I predict Archie's going to break up with Veronica. Well, yeah, because like, I think he's going to the Naval Academy. I don't know if he actually ends up going to the Naval Academy. Neither of those, I don't really care about that, but I think he's going to just be like, Veronica, you're not good for me. I'm good for you, but you're not good for me because it's always me coming to your rescue and it's always has to do with your father and you can't get your shit with your dad cleaned up and I cannot be involved with that Yeah, because I end up in jail or almost dead. I can't do that anymore. And Archie's going to have to grow up and say goodbye to Veronica, which will fucking make me so happy. (laughs) Because <laughs> it needs to happen. It needs to happen. And because here's the thing eventually, him and Betty do need to get together. But it needs to happen because they both want to be together, not because they want to feel safe. That's what needs to happen. Just like Betty and Jughead are going to have to break up because Jughead's being destructive and sad. Because that's what Jughead does. Yeah. He's going to self destruct and not be willing to admit the fact that he's not the king of. Shit mountain, basically. I, I would like it eventually if Jughead was just in love with burgers at some point. Him and his love affair with burgers. That would be so great. And his, he needs to get a new hot dog? Maybe it's like everybody's settled, and last season, Jughead's just happy with his burgers and his dog. Yeah. So we come over to Archie playing the same song in his room, and his mom comes in, and she's like, oh, that song, has Veronica heard it? She's going to love it. By Which the is- way, Mary exists. Yeah, she still exists. Mary comes and goes as she pleases. I don't give a shit. I know, but it's just like, what? She's back? When? <laughs> She's been in the season more than Ethel. That's not fair. Uh, that is Okay. Okay. I'll buy it. Yeah, so she's like, has Veronica heard it? When she does, she's going to love it, which is just like, knife heart, Archie. <laughs> he's like, uh, no, it's a surprise. And he's just like, you know, mom, I'm sorry, I've been flaky, but I want to get serious about the Naval Academy. So it's like, okay. And the, the, that's Archie running away. But that makes sense. Running away, but running away to an opportunity. To something that would be good and stable for him. Yeah, and I I can't blame him for that. It's not a bad decision. It's not the best, but it's not a bad. Given the options in front of him? Sure. (laughs) So then we cut to Betty burning her diaries, and Alice is like, honey, these are your memories. And Betty's like, mom, yeah, they're just memories. And and Alice is like, maybe just just keep one. Just keep one. What do you bet? There's something important in that fucking diary. Jesus Christ. Alice. This show telegraphs so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Come over to Pops and it's Kevin and Fangs. <laughs> I fucking love this. I was so happy. Could we have more of this all the fucking time instead of in dribs and drabs after we've assassinated our queer characters? Yes, God. please. This precious and Drew Tanner and Case Cott love you two together. You're precious. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for existing. Mm-hmm. They're just talking about what happens. And Kevin's just like, you know, go to Carnegie Mellon. What about you? And Fang says, University of Pittsburgh. I'm like, you want to go to University of Pittsburgh? And he goes, yeah. Why? Because they gave me a scholarship. <laughs> and because it's close to Carnegie Mellon. A squeed. Which was so precious. <laughs> and then Kevin gives him this very sweet look. And it's just like, I wonder what it would be like for us to date outside of Riverdale. And Fang says, I've been wondering that too. Maybe we find out. Which is just so sweet. And it just, it kind of like broke my heart, but also was like, I love that both of them are like, we have a future. Like, I love their friendship. And I like that they're trying to be like, well, maybe we can have a romantic future too. 
but we're going to find out. Maybe we date, maybe we don't. We still get to have somebody we know. They have a buddy. I just, oh, it's so precious. Yay. Ever oh. since he brought him the tea at rehearsal. I'm sorry, that dynamic, that whole episode is just <laughs> the best. And then Kevin says, I wonder how Mr. Honey found out about the ring. Cut directly to Mr. Honey staring directly into the Scarlet Suite. And we hear Blue Velvet Guy talking, sorry, Holden, it's closed. And Holden just going, what happened? The FBI raided us. That's eh, probably for the best. So Holden is into dirty tapes. Dirty, creepy snuff films. Yeah. Is he maybe into, I don't know, tickling? Perhaps. Or at, le- at the very least, he's into the websites that would link to and advertise the tickling. Like the one would get you to the other. Which, we're not yuck and yums with the exception of underage, gross, and and snuff films. Illegal. There's a whole bunch of not yeah. cool shit going on in that video store. Yeah. Uh-huh. But like, my my whole thing that they're hinting towards is... Honey is masterminding a bunch of this video ring circulation shit. Yeah. Which I've also said. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that has to be it. Because for, for Kevin to somehow magically be in on it mm-hmm. would be convoluted and against the point of the story. Mm-hmm. It's just pointing to that it's like, finally, we are going to reveal Holden Honey was behind a whole bunch of this bullshit. And how does he know all of this stuff? Because he's got tapes of it all. Yeah. Also, I do love the video store guy's name is. Sorry to hear about that, David. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So there's a part of me who thinks that I could see him. He never got a call, but somehow he came across a tape that had one of the Riverdale crew or he got onto the website and he found it. And he's like, "Mm." or I could also see Kevin ratting them out, knowing full well the second Honey found out that he'd put a stop to it. But not knowing that Honey might be on the inside. Totally. Go over to Hiram's study, and Veronica's taking money from him to buy Cheryl out. And Hiram's just like, man, I've I've offered to help you out so many times. Fuck off, Hiram. And she's like, yeah, but that was because of your immoral ways. But but, you know, when when you didn't hurt that Malloy guy. You turned over a new leaf, Daddy. And while she's explaining how he's so much better, we see that Hiram went back to that same pub. He saw Jinx Malloy and killed him. And then we just see Hiram go, yeah, I really have Miha. So now Hiram is full gangster, at least in terms, in full view of the audience, which is cool. I love the scene. Mm -hmm. I hate that we're only getting here with that relationship now. Yeah, it's the end of season four. Fuck off. All the courtroom bullshit that went on with him. With the with the sister and all the crap with Penelope. This was such a better story to tell. Yeah, sure. Ugh. Uh, we go back to the Not Cooper house, and Betty's like, it was actually called Ponytail Playmate, <laughs> which Doug had said just when you thought Brett Weston Wallace couldn't get any more of a creep. <laughs> uh, and then he gets a phone call, and he's like, Cheryl calling me? He's like, okay. And it's like, oh, and he takes the phone call. He's like, okay, I'll be right there. He's like, what? He's like, they got another tape. I got to go. And and Betty's like, I, I want to go with you. He's like, okay, great. So now Betty's back in. She's she's back on the game. It's great. She's all in. And they go to Cheryl's and she's like, it was just on the front porch. And, you know, why are, why are they coming after me? And Jug is like, they're not targeting just you. I got one too. And we see that the tape 
is a recreation of the murder of Jason Blossom with the same Archie-style masks. The comic face is so good. It's so creepy and I fucking love it. Uh Uh-huh. Riverdale. So now we have to figure out what are going to be the other videotapes that they recreate, which sadly we're not going to get for the rest of the season because our season is getting cut short. Yeah. Next episode is going to be our last one of this season, unfortunately. But there's no way they didn't they didn't plan on more. Shady man. Shady man. Some black hood killings. Yeah. The gargoyle king killings. Ooh. Yeah. So like Ben Button probably and Dilton Doily. Yeah. There's so many things. Yeah. Like which ones would make sense for the audience to see or like or which part of like are the fabric of our these kids. Uh-huh. Yeah. One for each of them. Yeah. Oh, Fred's getting shot. We're going to see that. Oh, yeah. The Black Hood is shooting Fred. Yeah. That's going to be the next one. Oh, yeah. That has to be the next one because that was that's the next like big one. Oof, that's going that to hurt to watch. Well, that was the next big one after Jason. Like if you're going chronologically after Jason, it's Black Hood. Yep. And then probably a Dark Betty thrown in there just for, just for fun. Uh, well. There's a whole bunch of bullshit they can pull from. Well, technically, beaming Jughead is Dark Betty. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we only have one more episode this season. I'm okay with that. Yeah, it just kind of sucks because we're not going to get the resolution that we thought we were going to get, but... They've set up well enough, though, for a really good cliffhanger. hmm And I'm okay with that where we are right now. Yeah, and our next episode is being directed by Meech and Amick. Ah. Yes, and it's called Killing Mr. Honey, so hopefully it will really dive into some, we'll get some good Mr. Honey reveals. I hope there's no, I hope it does end on a good hip, I hope it does end on a good cliffhanger, and I hope that given Marisol Nichols and Skeet Ulrich were going to be leaving at the end of the season, that we get them to come back at the beginning of season five to help wrap up their stories. End the story however they planned on ending. It. Yeah. Like Which I, I imagine they will. Well, I just, I hope that they're available. Yeah, that too. Uh, because I hope those three scripts they didn't get to shoot get reworked into the beginning of season five. We'll just have to see. Yeah, that'll be interesting to find out. I bet you we could try to find out a little more by watching the next time on. All right, let's go check it out. So I think this is all a dream sequence thingy. It it is. I've read the synopsis. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, Jughead gets an invitation to the Iowa Writers Workshop, which is perfect. Which is perfect for him to submit a story. Mm. And so it's he decides to write about Mister Honey and all the ways say he's ruined their senior year. In the process of that is how they're gonna figure out what he's actually behind. Well. I, th- I feel like, like, how would we kill Mr. What would be fun way? So I feel like we're going to murder him a couple times in this episode. Probably. And I feel like through that, they're going to stumble upon things that they hadn't put together about him because they don't pay him any mind. Yeah. So I think they're going to be like, wait, why did he come here? Why did he know about Stonewall? I did see his name in the ledger book of the Blue Velvet. What's the deal? Kevin reveals about what happened with the the tickling ring. Absolutely. So I feel like that's how they're going to stumble on a bunch of shit. They're like, we don't know jack shit about this guy. Yeah. 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 Which is great because I think 
like really exploding something about him to finish off the season would be really cool. Would be so good. It would be so cool. And that would be fitting for this season has had a couple of really moments, but, uh, but overall, this has been one of it. This, I mean, this has been the best season since one. Uh-huh. It has. Like we've had very little filler. We've, we've had eye rolling moments. We've had very little filler. We've had good character growth. We've had good callbacks. We've had like you know the musical episode sucked, but it didn't really suck. But it was it was the wrong musical choice. They had one of the best moments in all of Riverdale. Yeah. Like, fuck y'all, you earned that. That was good. It was great. And it all comes down to finally putting some threads together. Yeah. Finally doing your homework and paying attention to the show you've created. It's all you have to fucking do with this show. Just stop being lazy. Here's the thing. We know this is a soap opera. Yeah. We're not expecting that much from it. But like, do the bare minimum that you need to do to elevate this just that tiny bit. Mm -hmm. Because that's what makes it engaging and fun to watch. And don't have Archie fight a bear. No. That's probably another good note. No more bears. <laughs> um, or Punishers. Oh, my God. No more Punishers. That was Ugh. bad. Until next time, hashtag Go Bulldogs. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.